0: Welcome to AARC Perspectives, where we talk with members of the respiratory care community and learn about their experiences caring for patients and building the profession. I'm Heather Wilden, Communications Manager for the American Association for Respiratory Care, and will serve as your host for today's episode. Since 1947, the AARC has been leading the effort to advance the respiratory care profession And promote high quality, cost effective, patient centric respiratory care. The respiratory care profession is ever growing and evolving thanks to dedicated respiratory therapists around the world. In today's episode, we're talking with Marcella Sprawl. She is a respiratory therapist working out in Missouri. However, her career began in Columbia. She'll discuss her experience as an international respiratory therapist working in the States, how she continues to support her home country of Colombia, and international members worldwide. She'll also discuss her experiences with COVID-19, both as a respiratory therapist and a patient. Marcella, welcome to the podcast.
1: Good afternoon to all. Thank you so much for this uh, lovely opportunity and invitation.
0: First off, I am so glad that you've joined us. Before we really begin, I figured you could just tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yes, I am Marcela Sproul. I am originally from Colombia, South America. And I came here back in 1999 with two suitcases full of dreams, Uh, married with an amazing respiratory therapist that we met in a a conference in Costa Rica. But I came here already married. He gave me the opportunity to choose if I want to. He being a respiratory therapist, I went to school in Bogota, Colombia, and there is four and a half years of schooling at that time. Now it's only 40 years. And I started working in the university over there. So when I came here, I was already a respiratory therapist. But yes, I say, no, I am a respiratory therapist. What I have to start over again, something else. So I went to SWIC, Southwestern Illinois College. I was living in the other side of uh, San Luis, by the Illinois side, and it was hard. I cannot say that was easy, mainly from the for the language. Um, I had to read three, four times every chapter. But the clinicals was perfect, was awesome. So uh, it was hard, but at the same time was nice to to see the difference at that time where I was respiratory in my home country and here. So then I have the opportunity to choose what hospital to, uh, to go to work. And I work in Mercy Hospital for over uh, nine years. Then I select being with the kids with the little lungs. And I came to Shriners Hospital. My lovely husband passed away and I start kind of over again. But then with the big dream of having babies, now I have two amazing boys that are making me crazy all the time, but I'm happy every day. So I have exactly 22 years in America and happy to be part of the AARC, happy to be uh, part of the International Council, happy to be part of and co-founder of the Latin American Society for Respiratory Care. So My life is completely about respiratory, about our societies, and about Shriners Hospital. So proud, happy, American. I became a citizen a long time ago. So happy to be here.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, you definitely have had quite the respiratory um, journey, it sounds like, on your way over here. What actually motivated you way back, even before you made it to the States, to pursue respiratory therapy?
1: Well, my story is kind of funny. I want to be a lawyer, but my, at that time we were going through a very hard time in my home country with all the drugs and narco and remember everyone at Pablo Escobar and all that horrible time in my country. So my mom said, absolutely not. You are not going to be a lawyer. Uh, you argue so much. So no. So I say, well, let me pick something that is only in Bogotá. I dreamed Bogota to go there and I choose like this, respiratory therapy. And my family, they were like, what is that? I said, I don't know, but I'm going to be a respiratory therapist. So I went to school honestly without thinking how wonderful this career is. Um, And then just to be able to help the community, the clinicals were magnificent um with the equipment that we have in a very good hospitals that we have in colombia we have a very good education so i feel comfortable i say i really love this my brother seeing me in clinicals and loving so much healthcare, he went to medical school so it was not because I have asthma or because I have bronchitis. No, no, no. It was just luck. And God had this destiny for me.
0: So it sounds like you definitely you know, took a shot in the dark and definitely hit the target. It sounds like that you were successful in what you picked and seemed to really enjoy it, which is amazing and awesome. So since you're from Colombia, what have been some of your goals um, to help your colleagues who are also in Colombia?
1: So when I started being part of the ICRC, it was kind of different because I am here in how I'm going to be a governor for Colombia being here and Colombia is many miles away, crossing an ocean. Um, but as it's opening, it's a bridge. I tell my colleagues, I am a bridge between you in Colombia and AARC that is the historically the most um, supportive and a strong society for our field. So it's been slowly I've been able to go to Colombia to all uh, five universities that we have over there and explain to them what is respiratory in America and how I was successful to come here. And I I encourage and encourage them to learn English because that's the key to success in in, in America is to learn English and, and not be fearful of anything, if I did it, anybody can do it. So uh, showing the hospital, showing the ARC, showing the uh, capabilities of coming as a fellowship with the, through the ICRC, and um, also being connecting our wonderful speakers from America to go to Colombia and speak in their conferences. So like three years ago, uh, our former uh, president, Ryan Walsh, had the opportunity to go to um, Cali, Colombia, and also to Bogota. Amanda Richard went to Medellin and then to Bogota. And connections. So it's not only helping them over there is being a bridge and that is why we have another person that is a governor that is in Bogota. So we connect all the time. Hey help me with this who you think that it will help me with the um a Zoom meeting or something. I am always there. And I remind remind all the societies over there and the programs let me know how I can help. Because if I cannot do it myself, I have connections. And that is when all my AARC family comes
0: around. So for anyone that isn't aware, ICRC stands for the International Council for Respiratory Care. And Marcella, you mentioned that you're a governor um, for it. So in addition to being this bridge, you know, being able to be a true connector between, you know, the American respiratory care community and then, of course, your colleagues in Colombia, how else can you describe kind of what you do with the ICRC and, and your experiences with it and how it's helping just the international community overall?
1: So being a respiratory therapist from Colombia, and Dr. Sullivan found me waiting for my husband at the bathroom in Las Vegas uh, back in 2006. He said, hey, you speak Spanish? Where are you from? So I said, yes, I do. Very minimum Spanish at that time. And he said, I want to invite you to this meeting. So we met. I met what it was. And I was like, wow, every country that is part of this group, is coming to tell the whole world what they did successfully in their country. So I was not fear. I didn't have any fear. I say, I will help you. And for me, I am so proud to tell the whole world what Colombia does for respiratory. So I am not the bridge only. I am the voice of Colombia colleagues and patients into the IARC, to the ICRC also. So I bring a report and I tell them how many students, how many graduates, how many um, specialty programs we have, master's degree. So people don't think that, oh, Colombia, no. We have very strong, wonderful professionals over there dedicated. Now with all this COVID, I am amazed with the sacrifices that they've been doing. And so I am their voice. And the International Council help us to do that. Let us give us the opportunity to, to share what
0: is our profession around the world. Very cool. Thank you. So you've been in the states for quite a while. In fact, you already mentioned that you are now um, a citizen, which is mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, however, when you you know when you kind of first came over here or and maybe it's it's come up but you know since then, how has kind of your experience of coming from another country and working here in the US, how has that benefited you or what kind of challenges that you've overcome with it just to build up your experience with that?
1: Well, you have to be, Concentrated on what you want when you come here. So, going to school has the obstacles of the reading, the testing, and everything, and the boards also. But what are you going to do is you're bringing also the expertise of your culture, bringing to America, you will find. Patients, families that are from, let's go and say from Brazil or from friends, and those patients will feel so happy to have somebody that speaks their primary language and to be able to communicate, to help, feel confident that that person is taking care of you. Even though well, the professionals in America are amazing, but that is something that you bring and uh, from your country. To America, being able to communicate and to share your culture to your patients. Sometimes they get happy because we are doing a breathing treatment and you tell the story, a funny story of your country. Or like me, they were all the time saying, Why do you don't speak well English? You are from Colombia, Missouri. I'm like, no, Colombia, South America. Oh, oh, they don't speak English there? So I started speaking in Spanish to them. Oh, I know the numbers, and they enjoy those ten minutes of the breathing treatment just because I say, "Okay, what do you know in Spanish? Tell me." So that happiness sometimes because Latin people they know us are very happy and passionate. That is fun with the patients. That is fun for to enjoy your day of work. So in helping the coworkers. You have a patient from Mexico. They don't speak his, his English. Okay, here I am, doctor, what do you need? So I went to take the classes to be a formal uh, accredited interpreter. So I help them. So you bring a lot from your It's No, don't be fearful to, to be here because you are from another country. I feel welcome uh, in Missouri, in St. Louis, is my born um, city in America and and no you, you if you decide to come here it's because you wanna be in America and you do everything possible to be successful and to be professional and to be a good person. A good person, a good therapist.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. I I really liked how you mentioned, you know, bringing your culture in to kind of to benefit your career and to work with your colleagues and to help everyone, you know, have some good patient care experiences. So that's really wonderful. Thank you. I'm going to go back to the ICRC for a little bit. So tell us about how your work with the ICRC has impacted your career.
1: So the ICRC is impacting my career based on the relationship that I have with other governors, other countries. So we are, we've been able to uh, make connections. Like I see my colleagues teaching and collaborating with China, collaborating with Italy, collaborating with Argentina. So that is impacting my life because I've been able to even go to other countries to to, to have presentations, to have talks. And for me, it's fantastic because I love to travel plus. So it's an opportunity to go to educate, to um, make friends, and to make um, very tight friendship and connection ties. So, and I think we know now with all the Zoom and all the uh, media, how important it is to have connections and how important it is to have uh, the colleagues that can help you and can support you with education, with uh, knowledge. So it impacts every day, every day. And ICRC is a very good group of professionals that can do that, that you can do that. And now we have a new president, Danny is um, having a lot of goals and a lot of uh, redirection for the group. So we are very excited to to be under his um his guidance. So it, it is a great group.
0: Uh well, it definitely sounds like it is a great network for you and that together you are all able to kind of strengthen the respiratory care community across the world, which is amazing. So I think you've kind of mentioned this a little bit, but you know, obviously this past year has been quite unique, particularly with the pandemic. You know, everyone of course has experienced highs and lows with the pandemic, but the respiratory therapy community, of course, has been, you know, you've, you've been thrust in this spotlight, you've been working hard, you've been dedicated. How has the pandemic this past year affected your team? I, am, I know you're at Shriners and so you're working with children, so maybe a little bit different, but how has the pandemic affected you guys?
1: We are a very not that good example because we are a unique institution. We are elective surgical a hospital based on orthopedia. So we are being, we have been very, 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 very strong on prevention. So programming and scheduling the cases, the COVID test before, of course, surgery. We have two months with no surgeries at the beginning, April and May, and so far we don't have any patient with COVID. Nice, but. We have employees with COVID, and in that group was me. I was the first respiratory therapist that got COVID last year. It was horrible. It was a horrible experience because I am asthmatic and hypertensive, and I, on top of the COVID, I got bronchitis and pneumonia. I was at home with the pulse oximetry, pulse oximeter. That's it. And it were four weeks very hard to treat myself. I was scared to go to the hospital. My kids were scared that mommy was going to the hospital. And thanks to prone positions and breathing treatments, even that they say no aerosol treatments, I was doing it. Everybody in the house had COVID anyway. So we survived. Then in January, we ha- I have another kind of secondary uh, issue with my lungs, and I was very sick. So, and the personal level is been extremely hard at the hospital. At the, as in my team, we we have I only have 12 therapists, and only two of us we have COVID. So, all the preventive and prevention measures that the hospital had for us has been working. But at the same time, I when I call when I say my um my team. I think about Colombia. And Colombia is being affected tremendously with COVID. And my team, my respiratory family in Colombia, have been working day and night, 24 hours straight. The salary pay is not comparing with anything of all the effort and the dedication that they have been. But they've been successful. They've been giving and giving and giving to all those patients. Finally, uh, three weeks ago, we started vaccinating in Colombia. So I am glad that some colleagues that I know they have pre-existent conditions, they are finally getting vaccine. And they ask me all the time, Marcela, what do you think about the vaccine? I say, do it. At least you know that regardless, you protect yourself. And you're protecting everyone else. So not only in Shriners we are... Being very, very successful. My country, I am proud of them. That they, they've been working so hard for those patients and for their own families and for their own lives. But we will pass this. I know for sure we will. We are going to pass all this
0: nightmare. Well, thank you for that. And I'm glad that you and your family are doing much better after your COVID experiences or your personal COVID experience. I can imagine that would have been very scary for, you know, that time that you were having it. So thinking about, you know, your international community that you are kind of, you know, you're connected with, what advice would you give, you know, individuals who are in a different country, but who are interested in pursuing respiratory therapy? What advice would you give them?
1: Well... I think the, the most positive from all this COVID is that our profession is being so valuable now. So in countries that maybe they are not that um, recognize med- doctors and nurses, but they forget about those respiratory therapists. And now with thanks to COVID, we are like firsthand, we need respiratory therapists. We need people that have critical care experience. So think about all these people right now, whoever wants to study respiratory, think about how many lives you, you can save. That's the key. Yes, you have to sacrifice a lot. You have to study, you have to read, uh, you have to go different faraway places to do your clinicals. It doesn't matter because whatever you choose later on to start to work, you know that you can save lives and that you are one of those first line personnel that they most need in the hospital. So be good, be good therapist, be be a a good professional, feel proud, whatever the profession you choose and the young people, but you have to be the best. And if you decide respiratory therapy, you are going to be valuable more more than any time in the history of respiratory so you can do it anybody can do it but you have to do it right and well and with passion
0: awesome thank you so much marcella i think that brings me to the end of the kind of the list of questions that i had is there anything that you wanted to make sure and discuss that we haven't already touched on
1: yes i had the opportunity back in 2015 in San Antonio in the AARC meeting to have a booth in the big exhibition hall with the Colombian team. So it was an excellent experience. Majority of the directors of respiratory therapy from Colombia came and helped to have that booth here. They didn't understand how amazing is AARC at that time. So we make, I make that breach and they came. And since that time, slowly, slowly, every time every time that we have a conference, we have a group of Latin people. So anybody wants to come, you can come to those meetings in AARC. You can be part of AARC. I, I let them know if you come to the AARC meeting, you have to pay for the meeting and you have to pay for to become a member, international member. And they do. And then they they renew it. And hey, Marcela, what are we doing next year? Uh, So I have a group of people in in Las Vegas. I have a group of people two years ago in uh, New Orleans. We were planning so many things for Orlando last year, but. That is also a connection to other countries. I'm not only having people from Colombia, people from Mexico, from Chile, from Argentina. So we are doing that. AARC give us that opportunity also to, to bring people. Come on, share with us uh, what you have in your country. And, and they learn so much from our talks because it's an amazing con- convention. But not only that, I've been able to help Patients from my country, thanks to Shriners Hospital for Children. They they follow my craziness and they say, yes, Marcella, we don't want to hear you anymore. Bring those patients. So with another foundation, I was able to bring 15 patients from my country to be uh, having surgery and everything here in my hospital. Uh, right now we are working in a program to bring one more kid from Colombia, so it's my number 16. And that is something that I will never, never will have the opportunity to have in Colombia. Those kids don't have any chance over there. And we give it to them. And they walk, and they being able to have a hand, and they being able to be a stray, and they being able to, for first time, to walk. Thanks to the hospital and thanks to my profession, So that's something else that I am proud to be able from Colombia bring here. And we are also working in a fellowship with some physicians from Paraguay, some orthopedic surgeons and some respiratory therapists from there to come to doing a fellowship in our hospital at the end of October. Hopefully COVID will let us because we are going to do it this year. So those are things that are slowly but we've been successful to do it. That's it. I, I can talk all day. <laughs> Heather, but thank you so much for this opportunity. I, I only I am proud to be an AARC member since 2004, I believe. Don't quote me on that. But I've been able to have very good friendship, family. I don't call AARC. An organization that I'm part of it. I am a family member of AARC. And I am always here for you guys, for my colleagues, for whoever needs anything.
0: Thank you, Marcella. You definitely have quite a career and you've had some amazing experiences. I love that you... Have this strong bridge with the international community and all that you are doing to help it grow. And that you're right, the ARC is a family, this is a very unique group. And respiratory therapists are amazing. I am not a respiratory therapist, but I enjoy thoroughly getting to talk about all the wonderful things that you guys are doing because you're right you guys are essential you guys are vital you are part of that critical care team and we want our communities to know this more and more and so I thank you for also helping you know spread this word as you kind of work with your colleagues across the world it's really important work that you do every day so thank you and thank you for taking time today to talk with me
1: thank you Heather thank you so much
0: anytime Thanks for listening to AARC Perspectives. Be sure to check our show notes page for information about today's episode and be the first to know when our next episode airs by subscribing to our podcast. Until next time, my friends, keep on supporting the respiratory therapy profession.